0: Hey everyone, I'm Father Alexander. And I'm the Reverend David Marshall with COVID. And this is A Bridge Between, where we bridge our knowledge of the gospel. We hopefully bridge, Father Dave, back to full
1: 100% health. And uh, what else are we bridging this week, Father Dave? We're bridging this to the gospel and the kingdom of heaven. We're drawing Uh, quite a large bridge, actually, or some might say it's an incredibly short bridge between you and heaven, uh, the kingdom of heaven. Um, right. And speaking of COVID, yes, folks, I uh, tested this day two of having no fever, which is great. Uh, three more days, I get to test myself. And if I'm clear, I get to go into public. Yay. Um, but through the magic of all the stuff that we're doing, we're able to communicate. Uh, now, my neighbor, Lou, uh, I, he was out in his driveway, I was in mine. And I said, You're looking at the new face of COVID. And he looked at me like, COVID? Is that still a thing? And I said, Come a little closer, you'll find out. <laughs> yeah and yeah. and you know well, um
0: we've we've had a few cases in our community here and one of the things that i have um been thankful for is people who have felt sick have not come to church um, yeah. people who have felt sick have reached out and called and said i'm not feeling well um i don't want a pastoral visit right now but i just want to let you know that i'm okay mm-hmm. um so you know uh, even though the pandemic has kind of become endemic as, as we hit that stage, um, right, right. you know, COVID-19 is still out there and we there are people who are still very susceptible and vulnerable to it. Mm-hmm. There are immunocompromised people that I know. So I think, you know, as a Christian, we just respect one another. We try to care for one another. And uh, if you want to mail uh father, Dave, some chicken soup, I'm sure he'll provide his, uh, his address in the comments below.
1: I prefer brownies, but yeah. Um, so uh, today, uh, being the 25th of July, uh, I can tell you, folks, we're on a wave um, that it is rising. I'm a part of a networking group. None of us had COVID uh, this past Tuesday, and now several of us do. And it wasn't yeah. that we passed it at the last networking meeting. It's that there's something happening. Um, on our prayer list that we have on Sunday for people with a variety of things, we haven't prayed for people with COVID in nine months at least. Yeah. Uh, and suddenly the list came back, and not because I'm on it um, that we have a parishioner in Maine. We have one, uh, in Puerto Rico. Uh, we have another one out in California that suddenly they all had it and then me. Um, and it's, so yes, it, it mutates, it moves. This is probably the next strain. Um, and I have, um, had as many vaccinations as they were willing to give me. Um, and so, uh, I had, so on Sunday, uh, I preached from right where I'm sitting now, um, and it was broadcast into the church. Um, and I have preached and celebrated feeling uh, 10 times worse than I did on Sunday. And yeah. I probably shouldn't have um, been preaching or celebrating when I was feeling that bad. Um, but COVID has taught us something about health and taking care of oneself and not yeah. spreading it to others. And so, um, this is a brand new world we're in. I felt the sniffles and I, I work with a, um, like Alex with a community that can be very susceptible to it. Um, and so we have a bunch of tests and I tested myself and it's the first time ever being tested positive. I actually took another one just to make sure, <laughs> cause I'm like, finally. Yeah, it's yeah. So, yeah.
0: So well, we're keeping you in prayer and oh, uh,
1: we're glad that you're
0: on the mend and we just pray for all the people who are still being affected by this.
1: You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah
0: so as we get ready to bridge our understanding of the gospel today you and i discussed off camera that it's important for us to make sure that when we talk about certain concepts that we hear that we're clear about them Mm -hmm. Um, because people may have heard a lot of different things or they may just hear the same term over and over and over again but nobody may have defined it for them Mm -hmm. and for us today that's the concept of the kingdom of heaven Um, so what is the kingdom of heaven,
1: uh, Dave? Um, I will not be able to tell you succinctly. I will tell you at this point what I think and what I know. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, just know that the kingdom of heaven is larger than all of us. It was before us. It's after us. It's in us. It's above us, around us. You know, so it's it's gigantic. Um, so I'm going to tell you some very specific terms. Uh, the Gospel of Matthew, there are four main Gospels. There are four Gospels, uh, canonical Gospels. Uh, Matthew is the only one that says kingdom of heaven. The other three say the kingdom of God. And um, so we can get into those very specific things. Just know if you hear Alex and I talking about the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, that we are moving them back and forth. And it appears as if that Matthew uh, was referring to the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven being the same thing. Uh, Many believe that Matthew used kingdom of heaven because God's kingdom is encompassing of everything. Uh, mm-hmm. The kingdom of heaven is a particular, um, particular way. Um, and so for he and his followers, he is giving a greater distinction than that of, uh, of the other three. So um, kingdom of heaven is, in my opinion, uh, the way that I see it in the first century is that you have a kingdom above You then have Middle Earth, or, you know, the Earth where we are. And I just think you would appreciate the Lord of the Rings um, connection. Thank you. Anyway, so Middle Earth, or where we are right now, the physical realm. And then there's a realm that is underneath us. And that's where evil, darkness, and all that stuff comes from. And so within those three realms, uh, Jesus has come from heaven, has pierced the uh, the physical realm, and will eventually go down and pierce uh, the evil realm and then come back to heaven and then go back up to earth and then shows us the path of how to get from here to there. Uh, The other way to look at it is that there's the kingdom of Caesar. There is the Roman empire. There is the, the kingdom of uh, uh, Herod Agrippa, you know, the the Israeli Mm -hmm. king at the time um, that they all have their separate kingdoms, but the kingdom of heaven is what is being made known to us. um, And I would argue internally, and externally. And that that kingdom and the other kingdoms are rubbing or uh, pushing back and forth against each other. And that uh, Matthew is inviting us um, to embrace the kingdom of heaven.
0: I I, I love that definition. And I think you talk a little bit kind of what's happening around the kingdom of heaven and some of the the theological um, concepts. I want to give kind of a more practical uh, idea of what I believe the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is. And I, I find this to be something that uh, permeates from my reading of the, of the gospels. Um, so when Jesus begins to kind of use these terms and we'll hear it today in the gospel reading of the kingdom of heaven is like, is like, is like, mm-hmm. um, I try to think of it as an actual place. In other words, Jesus is creating a space, creating a place that is his kingdom. It is Mm -hmm. God's kingdom. And and I think that's important because people understood the politics of a kingdom. There was no democracy at that time in Israel. Okay. (laughs) Um, So the idea of a kingdom, I think, is important because, as you said, it contrasts with the kingdom of Caesar. But the other part is, is that what are the characteristics of this kingdom? So you think of a kingdom where a reconciled relationship exists between God and humanity and between humanity and itself. Mm -hmm. So I'm reconciled with my neighbor. I'm also reconciled with God. That's only going to happen in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, is that who is important in the kingdom of God? Well, Jesus is very clear. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. He talks about the poor. He -hmm. talks about the meek. You know, he talks about all the people who are on the bottom Mm -hmm. being really at the top of the kingdom of of heaven, the kingdom of God. So I think it's important for us to recognize that as Jesus walks around proclaiming the kingdom and then sending his followers to go and do likewise, the kingdom of of heaven is not a static space. No, It is something that is growing and Mm -hmm. moving Mm-hmm. And and spreading and fighting against these other places that you were talking about, this, these mm-hmm. evils that are in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, for the, the Christian who's listening to some of these parables or these kind of, you know, what you might call the pericopes that we hear about of the kingdom, mm-hmm. we really have to see this as something that's active, not just a place on a map. Um, I hope that made sense.
1: It does. And it's growing. Uh, it brings up one of the images that I. I like that. He said the kingdom of heaven is growing and that the gates of hell shall not stand against it. Um, Mm -hmm. The gates of hell are a static thing. Like it's a gate. It doesn't go and process it's stopped, Mm -hmm. which means the kingdom of heaven is pushing down upon it and will Mm -hmm. break those gates down and continue to go. So that upper kingdom that then becomes a part of earth, the physical realm, it then pushes down and the gates cannot hold it back. It's this incredible image, uh, utopian image of how God's kingdom is going to reign over all three of those realms. It's just—it's awesome. Um, we are and, we are straining and waiting for that day. It hasn't happened yet, but it continues to grow.
0: Well, and that's where we say, "On earth, as it is in heaven." As it is, in you heaven. know, you know. Yes. Um, so let's it, let's get to the text because, like I said, there's three kind of sayings or three verses in here that are very important um, to the text today for
1: this week's gospel. Mm -hmm. So Jesus told them a parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Here runs the lesson.
0: Here runs the lesson. So... Um, if we could, let's do the last two first, because I know that you have a special place, um, theologically and biblically for the first one. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I just kind of want to talk a little bit about, um, the second two, which sure. to me talks about desire. Hmm. You're actively searching for something or you find something and you are willing to sacrifice everything to obtain it. And, you know, this is one of the issues I'm seeing within the church right now Mm -hmm. is how much do we really desire the kingdom? How much do we really desire to be in community with one another? Mm -hmm. How much do we truly desire to be sharing in the ministry of the church? Because if we desire it, Mm
1: -hmm. we'll do it. Mm -hmm.
0: But if our desire is lukewarm, if we're kind of like, well, I don't know if I want to do that or if I want to go there, if I want to be there, odds are we're not going to do it. And it's that lukewarmness that can be kind of death for a church.
1: Mm-hmm. It can be. Um, I had somebody tell me, uh, well, you know, the church is just there because people are afraid to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they are. <laughs> and the church is and there to give us good news and to tell us that there's a part of us that doesn't die. Um, and he's like, yeah, but it's just out of fear. And I said, there's also a part of the church that's about uh, need, that we need to serve one another. We need to uh, love one another. We are, we are designed to do these things. And so it's not just fear, but there's need. And your question about the church today is, is there a need? Is there a need to continue um, to share love, to help others, uh, and to love God?
0: Well, I think a good way to, to ask that question from a congregational standpoint, and this is what I've been working with our own vestry here and and, and working with other clergy who are asking some of these questions. What's a vestry? Is a vestry is the group of individuals who have the fiduciary responsibility of the church and its property.
1: Oh, it's a board, a board of directors.
0: Well, and they also help in regards to ministry and working with the priest and the clergy to share in ministry and support the ministry of the church. Great. Right. So what did you share with your board? With my board? Um, I shared the question of if we were to disappear tomorrow, mm-hmm. what would people in our community surrounding us miss? What would right. the neighborhood lose if we weren't here? Mm-hmm. And and I think we, I mean, we know that there's very important things that we do in terms of outreach and things of that nature, but the most important thing that we give is the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, people in our area would lose that voice that is supposed to be carrying out the proclamation of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think but that that's, that's something, you know, everybody individually, and I think churches need to do is to be aware and ask that, that question, how precious is the kingdom to us that we want to share it and make sure that it spreads.
1: So at church, when I had a positive COVID um, uh, diagn- I mean, diagnosis, so I tested positive, uh, there were some that uh, said maybe we shouldn't have church on Sunday, you know, that no. because you're sick and because we can't find a replacement. And my thought was, uh, what would happen if all angels didn't exist? And that we have people who hang on during the week um, just to hear the message we have on Sunday, to, to know that people are praying and maybe to pray with us, and that Part of what makes this important is that the kingdom of heaven is also shining out through the church, through our weekly um, yeah. celebrations together, and that people are are desperate, and that they hold on to it, and it's something that they need, um, like a merchant, in search of fine pearls and finding one of great value. Uh, he sold all that he had and bought it. That this is one way to look at it is that our presence together and our uh, singing and praying together is that pearl it is that kingdom uh that others hold on to and for people like alex and me uh we have literally sold things in one case everything um and headed off because there is something greater which is the kingdom than holding on to the things that we thought were of value um and when we do that we're also blessed but um, so that's what I see with the kingdom of heaven and a merchant and a pearl. What do you see, Alex?
0: Um, I think what I see is a person who's been waiting their whole life to find this thing. Mm. And when mm-hmm. they find it, they take it seriously. They desire it. They they focus their life upon it. And I think for those individuals who truly encounter Jesus and find Jesus and realize how precious the kingdom is, as he's proclaiming it, definitely, definitely, they're willing to give up everything for it.
1: They are. It's said in the early church, in the second century, third century, that they started having people who were being born um, from families that were Christian, and that they were highlighting people who were born in a different religion or in no religion that Mm -hmm. later in life embraced the following of Jesus and became a part of the church. That those people, they came in last, but they were raised up first more than those who were born into the church. And it's it's a tendency of every institution to say, you know, my parents were part of this church and this has been my pew since I was three years old. Uh, The early church is like, no, 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 no. The one who went a totally different way and then heard the message and then embraced it, that that's the first in the kingdom that that's it wasn't adopted through your parents it's something that you have come to so this merchant who had been searching finds one sold and then bought it that that's um, in the early church that they were raising that up and I think we should too frankly Um, being a cradle Episcopalian uh, you know that it's something that we need to uh, be very excited about when people come especially later in life to see this what do you think about the treasure hidden in a field? Um, I, th- I think it's really the same thing.
0: I mean, if you were to come across something mm-hmm. um, by accident and right. realize its value, mm-hmm. that means that maybe somewhere along the line, someone has told you what that value is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you've recognized the kingdom of heaven in front of you mm-hmm. and says, ah, maybe I'm the person who has kind of wandered away from my faith, but. I come upon it again and remember how important it was
1: and sell everything I have so I can have that place again. Mm Mm-hmm. You bet. Um, It could be mineral rights. It could be water rights. It could be whatever it is about that land. uh, that they. But that person knew the value that was in that that apparently nobody else saw and went out and bought the field. Uh, The way that Noah, when he's building an ark, and everybody's like, why build an ark on dry land? You're crazy. Somebody who says, I see in that land something that's valuable, and then goes out and buys it. And we're like, that guy's crazy. But it had value. And um, so for many that look at our faith tradition and think that we are uh, foolish or foolhardy or Pollyannic or whatever they'll call us, uh, we see it differently, that this is the kingdom, and um, to go out and to buy that field. Exactly.
0: Well, let's get to the one that I know that touches you in a very special way. So why don't you go ahead and talk about that one.
1: Yes. Well, first, uh, my dad, um, he loved to bake bread and dad was a biology teacher. And so he loved uh, biology and he would see the kingdom of heaven uh, through the lens of science. And so he uh, often would bring my brother and I around. And when he would put the yeast in and then you watch it bubbling and doing all of its thing, he gets really excited. And he said, this is a biological function. It's not chemistry, that this Mm -hmm. is life. It's happening. And he said, it's something that was dry that looks dead to us. And then something sitting here that looks motionless. You put them together and then life begins and it starts to bubble and to create. And he said, for all that we know about science, this is still a mystery. We cannot recreate it. We can see it creating, but we can't do it ourselves. And this is the basis of life. So dad would get really excited, um, about bread and then, um, and then he would make bread and he would share it. Um, In Deuteronomy chapter 28, if anybody is uh, not sleeping tonight and you want to read a chapter, uh, read that one, it's specifically about bread. Because what I love about this parable, and it's something that dad taught me, is that um, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. That Jesus is talking about the role of women, which um, as you know, in writing from the first century, the role of women, women themselves, were subjugated. They weren't named. It wasn't deemed as important. And that Jesus is taking this and raising it above. He is putting it before the land developer. He's putting it before the merchant. He's putting it before the fisherman. He's putting it before the scribe and the, uh, the owner of a house that has treasure that's old and new. He is putting the woman first and listing her before jumping into the rest. Uh, It is talking about Jesus' central role in how he sees women. Um, That women in the day, uh, Deuteronomy 28, will tell us that the woman and her kneading bowl is the center and the foundation of the family. Uh, That she, making bread every day, feeding her family, and has a responsibility to feed the community to feed those other women whose hands have become arthritic and they can't do it, mm-hmm. that her job, her mixing bowl, the kneading bowl, and sharing is her job, it's her role. And Jesus says, that's the kingdom of heaven. That's it. It's yeah. that, this ordinary uh, life-giving, you have to make bread every day, they don't have Publix or you know grocery store, you know, that you have to make it every day. That that's the kingdom, and it continues to grow, and it continues to feed, and continues to share, and that the kneading bowls of old—it's the same yeast that is happening today and will be happening in the future, and that everybody has a role in the kingdom of heaven. Everyone has a role to help.
0: Well, I think you—I think you've given a lot there, and I think you—you've—you've you've, um, you've given a good perspective. On the background of what jesus was was talking about and one of the things that i hear specifically that i love about this particular part of the parable is that the kingdom of heaven is also an act of
1: creation mm-hmm. yes
0: yes you know it's yeah. not static it is ongoing creation it is ongoing work mm-hmm. and so just like we talked about you got to make bread every day the kingdom of heaven has to be created each and every single day in this world it does um and and it's only going to be done when you put your hands into the dough you bet
1: and you had mentioned the lord's prayer jesus saying um have it on earth as it is in heaven the next word is a verb give Mm -hmm. us today our our daily bread. bread right yeah
0: and so, you know, as we try to kind of um, help people, you know, bridge the gap in, into these various um, parables, mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to know that the that the twist at the end of all of this is what you were saying, that it's the ordinary things through which the kingdom of God comes into the world. Yeah. yeah. And the ordinary things, what are we doing? What are the ordinary things that you and I are doing each and every single day that the, the parish and the person in the congregation and sitting in the pew is doing each and every single day mm-hmm. because it is those regular everyday common things that are the miracles that bring forth the kingdom of god
1: they are um so you and i have a friend well she calls you a friend her name is linda she is in chula vista um and i call her a friend there you go. I, okay good 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 I told her a story about a man who turned 100 years old. He's an Episcopalian. He lived in Rhode Island. And so he's one of these people in Rhode Island that's just very salt of the earth, very matter of fact. And he was interviewed by the local newspaper about, you just turned 100, what's your secret? And he said, my secret, if I wake up, I get up. (laughs) That's my secret. And anyway, Linda, I told her years ago that story, and she, to this day, when she wakes up, she gets up. You know, that she is out doing the, the ordinariness of life is also the kingdom of heaven. Um, Occasionally, Linda will post on Facebook the beautiful things that she bakes and then she shares or she eats. And uh, I've had some of those treats uh, and they're wonderful. So um, it's that that's the kingdom of heaven, Linda, is you getting up and doing what you do. And um, yeah, and so she's no longer teaching English in Brownsville, Texas, and she's no longer helping those uh, learn English that has Spanish as a primary language. You know, she, she that part of her life is concluded. She's still writing poetry. She's still having dreams, and she is still the kingdom of heaven. And it's um, it's like a woman who wakes up and makes uh, this beautiful, awesome brownie mix for her. I would say favorite priest. <laughs> so you're you're really looking for this brownie
0: to come to you because of, <laughs> you're really looking for it.
1: Well, it's a, you know, it's kingdom of heaven. You know? I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna door dash you some brownies.
1: Mm. That's good. I Thank you. Uh, I'd rather have you spend that for somebody who needs uh, yeah. stuff. But yes, so uh, thank so, you.
0: So um, so as we come to the end of our time together, and, and we apologize for that um, technical difficulty we had in the middle, but no worries about that. We keep pressing on. Um, you do? As we come to the uh, end of our time together, I think one of the things I am thankful for in our relationship is that we talk to one another about the kingdom. Mm-hmm and about the ordinary things that we could be and should be doing to Mm -hmm. build the kingdom within ourselves and within others. So I just, I appreciate that.
1: Thank you, Alex. And um, I, um, you know, part of me was looking forward to taking a nap and, uh, but I very much enjoyed uh, talking with you and I have, I have more energy now uh, than when this whole recording started. And uh, so I thank you for your friendship and you're allowing me to be me and to share uh, how I see the kingdom. And I think that you and I are also uh, bringing out that kingdom uh, within our friendship and hopefully bridging people to it. Amen to that. So
0: uh, we hope everybody has a good week and uh, and enjoys uh, the preaching and the sacraments that they receive uh, in this coming Sunday. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: we will catch you in the next one.
1: God bless. Thank you.